Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, along with Tracy Holtz-Clark. We're here to answer your questions about anything to do with real estate, especially real estate investing. If you want to get involved, you can text me at 864-444-7650. It's hot. I mean, it's man, it's hot, isn't it? Is it hot to you? It feels you? great in here. Well, I know, but like outside, it's hot. I don't know. I don't stay outside that much. I mean, I went for a hike yesterday, and it was hot. I went to the pool yesterday. It was hot. It was hot. It's hot now. It's been hot. It's staying hot. It didn't rain much. Here's a news flash for you. It's summer. It's July, and the heat's coming. You just think it's hot now. Wait till later this month or in August. And it's it's really hot. <laughs> and the market's hot. The real estate market's hot. Yeah, it is. The real estate market is really hot. You know, I was telling somebody uh, this recently that we can't keep anything for sale. Mm-mm. We we can buy it. And we can sell it, but we can't keep it for sale, but for about a minute. But we need more houses. Always. But we need more houses. People ask me all the time, why would somebody want to sell us a house? Why would somebody want us to beat them up on price or whatever those we buy houses guys have to do to get a house bought? Why would somebody call you and ask you? It's like the pawn shop. I, I say we're the CarMax of houses. Either one, pawn shop or CarMax, either one. You know, yeah, I mean, you go to CarMax and sell a car, and you get a price under what it's worth, really. Well, they've got to be able to buy it and hope to resell it and make a profit, and they're taking the risk that they may or may not. And that's the same way for us, same way for the pawn shop, you know. People pawn stuff all the time. Yeah, that's worth more than they pawned it for because the business owner's got to Hold it. Speaking cover of the, their overhead. Speaking of the pawn shop, you know I'm going to Vegas soon. Oh no! I'm gonna. See, I'm thinking about going by that pawn shop that's on TV. Yeah, Pawn Stars. You're gonna see. What's his name? They che- want none of those real people. Cheesy or chair? What's his, what's the dude's name? I don't think any of the people will be there. Why not? You think they've got rich and famous and they get, and they don't run it anymore? Well, if they do, then they'll be just be giving autographs and won't be selling and stuff or pawning. People won't be pawning stuff. Who knows? You'll find out when you get there, won't you? Yeah, maybe if I even go. But I'm thinking about going there. But, yeah, we're kind of like a pawn shop. Yeah, Chum Lee. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's his name, Chum Lee. Yeah. So why would somebody want to sell us a house? Give, give, give the listening audience some examples of why somebody would it would make sense for somebody to sell us their property. Well, the most recent transaction that we had, that the reason the seller – sold it is because of the memories in the home and the and the he was just overwhelmed with all the stuff you know parents had lived there stuff gets collected he inherits the house stuff gets collected he gets married more stuff gets collected and he gets not married you talking about the lake house yeah oh he gets not married and then now there's all this stuff and there's all these memories Listen, I know I'm on discount. I know it's worth more. Here you go. Or we buy them. Um, I mean, they're a real train wreck. I mean, the the house has got all kind of work it needs, and the sellers may have inherited it. You know, live out of town, out of state. Um, there may be a need a need for quicker cash. You know, we tell everybody you can. I mean, we're not that special. Anybody can do the same thing we can do. Just fix it up and sell it for the most it'll sell for. But some people may have a, a more immediate need for cash. They may have a parent in a nursing home or whatever and just need to know that they're going to have cash in a couple of weeks instead of a couple of months or a couple of who knows when. But most of the time we buy some a house from somebody that has one of the, th- the three or four Ds. I think we came up with four Ds. Yeah, death, which we just talked about that one. Somebody Dis- inherited, disrepair. inherited a house and right. they don't want to deal with fixing it up and selling it. They can just sell it for what they can get for it and get the money back into the estate and let the estate get settled. So that's death. Disrepair. It's broke it. It's banged it as Cole likes to say. Yeah, it's got problems. And I don't want to spend the money on the house and then wait on it to sell. I know I can get more for it if I do it that way, but I just want to get it sold. The odds are pretty high, especially in this market. I mean, there's still a chance a house won't sell, but it's 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 pretty low in the upstate right now. If it's if it looks good and smells good, it's probably going to sell. If, you know, if it's priced right. If it's super de duper ultra mega banged it or whatever Cole said, maybe not. 
And then there's, uh, well, disrepair. That's, that's, being, what, that's yeah, what we that's just, what said. just said. Okay, sorry. What was the other one? Divorce. Divorce. Yeah, people can't afford their payment by themselves. They used to have help affording the property, and now there's only one of them. So what do you do? Well, there might not even be debt on the house at all. Yeah, they might. It, Most of the times there is in that case, but it, and at least in our experience. But there could be no debt, and they just don't want to deal with one of them doesn't want to. You know, one of them might want to wait on the market to bring a higher price. Maybe they're forced to sell because of the divorce. Maybe the, yeah. the judge says split, take the money and half it. Be a court decree. Yeah, I've, I've had one seller willing to sell me his house for my first offer just so his to-be ex-wife got less. I mean, that's kind of mean, but it creates an, an urgency, have, doesn't it? There might have already been something going on there that the main part didn't really. Who, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you got <laughs> disrepair, death, divorce, and the last one is debt. It's just real-life stuff. I mean, we you know we tell every seller, regardless of the situation, how they can do. I mean, we we discourage somebody from selling us a house usually if we can show them how they can do better. And if they just don't want to deal with it, then we're the solution in most all those cases. It's not a D, but landlords. We buy houses from landlords that are tired of being landlords. Yeah. But most of the time, that's a disrepair thing. The house goes empty, they go in, and they're going to fix it back up and rent it again, and then they look around and they think to themselves self, because that's what they call themselves, and they're talking to themselves. They're going, do I really want to fix this up and watch it get tore up again and fix it up and watch it get tore up again? I mean, I'm making money doing it that way, but if I just do nothing, I can sell it and take my cash, put it somewhere else, because every day a landlord wakes up, they repurchase a house because all of them could sell. All of them could sell. You know, it's not like the house you live in. You know, you can't just wake up today and go, I think I'm going to sell the house I live in because then that creates issues. You got to move. You got to get permission from the spouse. You got to find a place to go. You got to pack up. You've got to get a new mortgage, you know, depending on where you're going. But when you're a landlord and you own a bunch of houses or just one house, just go, okay, I'm going to sell it. What can I get for it? Can I get way more for it than I paid for it a long time ago? Maybe I should just sell it and take the money and put it in a CD. Maybe in a CD making 1% a year, I will be happier than dealing with the tenants' toilets and trash. No, I got a better idea. What's that? They just sell it to us and be the bank. They could. They could. Get their price and a better interest rate. You can't, but how do you, how does we've, that work? We've never done anything like that before. So a landlord could sell us their house and just receive a payment every month mm-hmm. and not have to discount off their price? Well, it depends on a lot of different things, but generically speaking, that's possible, yes. I, I think of the house that we bought in Belton. That seller wouldn't discount on their price. Yeah, but they didn't get an interest rate either. Well, they got an, a rate, an interest rate. Well, is it? Zero is a rate. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I guess it is. But as, CDs are better than that, better than zero at least. Yeah, but they couldn't have sold the house but, for what they yeah. wanted for it. We overpaid for that one, and we're happy about it. We have one in Cowpens just like that. Mm-hmm. You know? But it, but to earn an interest rate that's more than zero. Central, we have one in Central that we bought that was more than it was worth, and the pavement was more than it would rent for, and... Yeah. It was had issues with the house. You had to go through a bedroom to get to a bedroom to get to a bathroom. You just <laughs> never know what we may do. No, you don't know if you don't ask. That's right. I mean, that's the difference between buying houses and paying cash and getting your cash or selling a house or buying a house and using terms, terms or cash or a combination. And banks are hard. You know, banks, we do business with banks on some stuff, but banks are typically in the last seven or eight years very hard to deal with when it comes to single-family homes. So you need a seller, especially if they're asking a premium, a seller to work with you to provide you the financing because the banks aren't very likely going to do it. Especially if the seller wants a premium for their rental property. Mm -hmm. So we're more likely to get terms from a landlord because the landlord has 
own the property a long time, and they know when they get their cash, they're going to have to give the government a lot of it. So if they get their cash over time, the government takes less of it per year. Well, and they're typically going to want to replace that investment anyway. Most landlords, I mean, they might just be liquidating of everything and not buying anything else. But most landlords that have owned rental property for any length of time are going to invest it into something. I have I actually have an appointment tomorrow with a an investor that owns some property, and their broker, their agent, wouldn't answer my questions. you believe that? Well, the, the real estate agent, the professional agent that's the fiduciary of their client, would not answer the questions that I asked so I could make an offer. Are they really trying to help their client? I don't know if they know, but they would not answer my questions. Guess what the kind of questions I, would, I was asking? Well, and some agents or brokers might think that the questions are leading you to make a worse offer. So that, I mean, I don't really know. I can't get inside their heads, but, you know, some of the questions you and I ask might make a, a broker or an agent that doesn't have the experience think that, well, if I answer this question, that's just op- you know opening the door for them to make a lower offer, and that's not what my client needs. They, they, they told me how big the property was. They told me the asking price. All about the property, they could tell me, what the taxes on the property is. But when I started asking questions about the seller, the agent clammed up on me. Yeah. She clammed up. Well, they're not used to that. Why most, do you, most, 90, shoot, 90-something percent probably, if I had to guess. Why do you need to know that? Okay. Why do you, need, I, you, know, you know what my first question was? What does your seller do for a living? How did you know? Because uh, I know. How did you know? Because I knew. Ooh. I, I mean, <laughs> you, know what, you know what the agent said? What? Why do you need to know that? <laughs> Is that the way they said it? To out their nose? Why do you need to know that? That's none of your business. I'm like, well, it is I, my business. I'm trying to find out what they're going to do with their cash, and I need more information to present an offer. And just because I present the offer doesn't mean it's going to get accepted. You know what my next question was that I didn't get the answer to? Um, hold on. What are they going to do with their money? No, no. I didn't go straight there. Oh, I was you, oh, you to, were saving that for later. I was. I, I just said, well, how old is the the seller? Okay. Why well, do you need to know that? That's none of your business. <laughs> well, I said, well, it helps me formulate an offer. You know, I, and I asked her. I gave her. I gave her the the question of all questions. I said, if I could get them their full price, even though I couldn't get it all at once, do you think that your client would have an open mind to look at that? And the agent said, yeah. And I said, well, how old is she? What does she do for a living? Well, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. And I said, well, well, I got an idea. I'm going to send you an offer, a full-price offer. Terms to, pe- terms to be determined at a face-to-face meeting. And guess what? I'm going to have a face-to-face meeting. And that's tomorrow. And I'm not real good at telling how old women are. Don't even try. I have no idea. I'm not going to ask her how old she is. Or how much she weighs. You can ask her how much money she's got. That's perfectly acceptable. But when I talk to her face-to-face, I'm going to find out what she needs. I'm going to find out if she needs cash and a bunch of other things I'm going to find out. And one of the the most important things that I'm going to find out I'll tell you after the break. We're coming up on a break right now. Now will be a good time to text in if you have any questions about how we buy and sell real estate. If you want to get involved in what we're doing, you can go to my website, jasondillard.com. Sign up for a seminar coming up, um, $99 seminar. We've also got some lending opportunities for you. You can order a free ebook while you're there. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-I-L-L-A-R-D.com. Text during the break. The text line is 864-444-7650. We'll be back. Did you know that you could invest money in real estate passively right here in the upstate, even out of your retirement accounts? 
Hi, I'm Jason Dillard, host of Solutions in Real Estate, heard here on Saturdays, and I'm looking for investors that may want to make more money with their money. I'm not a securities broker, I'm a borrower, and we secure your money with first mortgages on real estate. If you're interested, give me a call at 864-444-7650. That's 444-7650. Do you own a house and need to sell now? Has your listing expired? Need repairs? Behind on payments? Going through a divorce? Is your house in an estate? These are common problems that can happen to anyone. Hi, I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses in any area, price, or condition. I am a real estate agent, but I don't want to list your house. I want to buy your house. Call now to find out how I can solve your problem at 864-444-7650. That's 444-7650. If you're behind on payments and need a little cash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need to sell fast. Call 444-7650. Call 444-7650. If you're tired of tenants, toilets, and trash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need a little cash. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses. If you want to sell a house fast, give me a call at 444-7650. Go to my website, jasondillard.com. Order the free ebook. You can sign up for a seminar coming up that teaches you how to make money in real estate without using your cash credit or taking any risk. No risk, Tracy. Hey, we're on the radio, man. That, None you, whatsoever? Zero risk. We, we can talk about that later. Um, thought we were going to talk about it now. No, nah, we're talking about something else. Remember before the break, we promised we would talk about one of the most important questions that you ask a seller when they're selling an investment property. Now, this is investment property. Yeah, I don't huh? need to know how old somebody is if they're selling the house they're living in. Yeah, the house somebody lives in, depending on the condition, you know, you just, you just make the offer and you're done. Yeah, you this know? is an investment property. This is a half million dollar investment property. It's been on the market for over a year. It needs to, evidently the seller wants to sell or it wouldn't be on the market. So I need to ask some questions so that I can make an offer that will help that seller get to where they want to be. So if you help the seller get to where she wants to be, it might take you where you want to be. Kind of reminds me of another building we own. The one we're, the one that we occupy? Yeah, the one that we're not going to talk about where it is because it's top secret. Yeah, it can't, our tenants don't know where we are. <laughs> it's like Sector 7. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's somewhere in Greenville, and the address is Boulevard. But we bought it, and it had been on the market a while. And we talked to the seller. You talked to the seller. And the broker had an open mind about getting a deal closed. Well, this and, was a commercial broker. And guess what happened? The deal got closed, and everybody wow. was happy. And one of the reasons that I was having a problem with the residential broker is they're not used to getting sellers ask them questions about their their client if it was a commercial agent and i was asking about how old they are what they do for a living well most commercial brokers are going to go well they're trying to figure out how to present an offer maybe i should answer these questions right it's it's traditional in the com on the commercial side for a lot more questions and answers about the people in the transaction more than the building because the building's just another building you know the building that we're sitting in or the building across the street. I mean, they have some differences, but yeah, whatever. You can sit in those buildings and do the same things. You can run your business in a building that meets your needs the same as you can across town. But a, but a house that somebody lives in, it's just a completely different conversation. So I, I asked the agent how old the person was, don't know. Ask them um, what they do for a living, hadn't figured that out yet. But what's the question? What was the real question I needed? Do you know? Uh, no. And I bet you the seller won't know the answer when I ask her tomorrow. The seller, the owner, won't even know. Probably not. I probably will have to ask some questions to find out the answer to my question. So multiple questions to find the answer to one question. Yes. And what would that question be? Um, what's your basis? Oh, uh, yeah, most sellers don't know their basis. Yeah, what's, what's your basis? What's our basis in, the, in our office? I have no idea. I have to ask our CPA, probably. Yeah, so most of the time if I meet with a seller, 
that has a commercial property and we end up buying it, I don't meet with the seller once. Yeah, it's multiple conversations and, and meetings before you can formulate an intelligent offer. Yeah, because you sit down with an owner of a house that needs to sell, and all we're talking about is the price works or it doesn't. Well, that can take 10 seconds. But when you're trying to help somebody sell something and not screw up and pay a bunch of taxes that they didn't know that they might have to pay or help them buy something else right after they sell so that they can get into the benefit that they're looking for out of the benefit that they don't have. Yeah, because commercial property is about way more than just price. Right. So what is basis? Why do I need to know the basis, Tracy? Because it's going to affect your tax uh, your tax liability for that that tax year. How does it affect the taxes? Well, it costs you more if you mess up. <laughs> That's how it affects you. Yeah, I mean, you're if you own an investment property and you've owned it and it has improvements, then the then your CPA is d- depreciating it, and that doesn't mean that they don't like it. You know, when you depreciate something, yeah, we love, that's not the opposite of I appreciate it. We love we, depreciable assets. Yeah, it helps you in your taxes. It takes some, some of your taxable income away every year that you own it. However, when you sell that asset, when you sell that property. There's a bad word. There's a bad word. Don't say it. We can't say it on there. It's it starts called, with an R. It's called recapture. Oh, you just said it. It's not as bad as the L word. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the L word. Yeah. But that recapture is how much you're going to owe the government. And it's more than a capital gain tax. Your capital gain is how much you sell it for over what you paid for it. Okay? Recapture tax is how much you owe between what your basis is and what you paid for it. So there's two different calculations to find out how much you're really going to owe the government. See that? Recapture is 25%. So the government takes a fourth of the depreciation that you've taken over all this time, and then they take 15% plus whatever your state tax is on the capital gain. That makes perfect sense, right? You got it. Uh, you No. You received a benefit of minimizing your tax uh, burden over the years that you depreciated it. And when you go to sell it, if it's just a straight sale, you're you're gonna the, the IRS is gonna recoup what they did not get by so this, giving you that. this this half million dollar property. Let's assume she paid four hundred for it. Okay. And let's assume that she's owned it long enough that her basis is three hundred. Okay. She's depreciated it down a hundred grand down a yeah. hundred grand less. So when she sells it for a half a million, she'll pay a twenty five percent on a hundred grand between the three hundred and the four hundred. Right. And since we're in South Carolina, she'll pay 15 plus 7, which is 22% on the, between 400 and 500, which is another 100. That's a lot of money. So if I find out her basis is nothing, what if she owned it forever and she paid zero for it? Then her tax is even more. Yeah. Yeah. What if she bought it yesterday? Yeah, she bought it yesterday and paid a lot for it, and then she has no... She has no gain. She'd right. just sell it and big whoop to do. Right. What if she owes more than her basis? Oh, then that's debt over basis. That's a whole different conversation. That's different. That then I have to structure my offer in a different way. See the the residential agent, they didn't they don't teach them all that when, when you're selling houses that people live in because none of that matters. Plus what is she gonna do with the money when she gets it? I just wanna know what school district is in and um how's the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean what is she gonna do with the money? Is she going to put it in the bank? Is she going to go get cash from the bank and put it in the bed and wall her all around in it? I know what she's going to do with it. I know what she's going to do with it. She's going to cut the check from the closing attorney. She's going to take that check home and never cash it. She's going to go to the beach. Never cash it. Or Walmart. We don't know what she's going to do with it. She might have grandkids. Never heard of a seller not cashing their check. And she wants to pay for their college. Maybe. What if I could help her pay for the grandkids' college? Oh, maybe like they're in middle school and they're not even going to college for another, you know, four, five, or six, or seven years, possibly? Maybe. maybe. What if I can structure the deal where she gets full price and she gets the money she needs for the college? When she needs it, not today. Sure. Doesn't need it today, probably. Maybe she's ha- they're halfway through college, and i gotta, I got to catch up what she owes. 
because she's been paying for college out of this potential profit that she doesn't hadn't received yet. There's a lot of different things that if their broker knew anything about their client or would or would disclose it if they do know. Right. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know. We have to ask questions. We have to find out. So if you're out there listening and going, why does he need to know all these things? What is, why does it why does that matter? Well, maybe you own a property or you know somebody that owns a property and instead of just selling it to somebody and paying the tax and not knowing where you're going, not going, no, not knowing where the back door is when you go in the front door. See, in real estate, it's kind of like chess in a way. You gotta, when you make a move, you want to know what your move is three or four moves out. You don't have an exit strategy after you have an entrance strategy. You come up with an exit strategy before you have an entrance strategy. Well, plus one of the things you do, and I don't know about most commercial brokers, I think this is probably true, both the buyer and the seller and both brokers, if there are two brokers involved, are trying to make the deal the best for all the parties. Whereas in a, in a normal transaction, you know, the, the buyer just wants the best price they can get for the best condition property they can get, and the seller wants the highest price they can get with the not as good a condition if as possible, you know. Right. So if you've and, got and a, so that it's almost like a it's almost like it's adversarial in a way in a normal transaction. You know, I want what I want, and you want what we, and we're just going to negotiate like heck until we to get it. But in in the commercial transaction, how can we both win in this? And and the seller and buyer aren't necessarily always face to face. The brokers have that knowledge, and and they know their clients well. And one of the reasons that we're good at this, or I know I feel like I'm good at this, is I've been trying my best to help investors that lend us money, get to where they want to be with their money for years and years. And now that we're focusing more on commercial property, we can help you get to where you want to be with your commercial assets as well. So if you want us to represent you and help you get from one place to another with your commercial properties, give me a call at 864-444-7650. That's 864-444-7650. Maybe you've got cash already and you're thinking about spending it into something. Well, give us an opportunity to help you put that cash to where it needs to be. Did you know that you could invest money in real estate passively right here in the upstate, even out of your retirement accounts? Hi, I'm Jason Dillard, host of Solutions in Real Estate, heard here on Saturdays, and I'm looking for investors that may want to make more money with their money. I'm not a securities broker, I'm a borrower, and we secure your money with first mortgages on real estate. If you're interested, give me a call at 864-444-7650. That's 444-7650. Welcome back to Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, your host. I'm with Tracy Oldsclaw, and I buy a house. If you want to sell a house quick, my phone number is 864-444-7650. We're also looking for money. Um, we haven't talked about that a lot recently, but we're looking for people that want to make more money with their money. We're looking for 100000 on houses that are worth 150 You can go to jasondillard.com, click on the lender tab, and learn more about how we borrow money. We're borrowers. We borrow stuff, but we pay it back. We're not like not borrowers like the, that never pay it back. Not like the book in the movie. What book? The Borrowers. You don't remember seeing that? Nah. You know the little people that lived in the house? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? They borrowed, but they never brought it back. Yeah, they were little people. They're people? Yeah, and they borrowed stuff and didn't take it back. We said that already, didn't we? But that's not the kind of borrowers we're talking about. No, we borrow money from individuals or individuals' retirement accounts, pay them a good return on their money, give them a good, safe place to secure their money. In other words, they're getting a first mortgage against real estate that they approve, and if something terrible happens, then they've got property that protects them, but the... In the meantime, they're making eight percent is what we're offering on the hundred thousand against the houses that are worth a hundred and fifty. So, how long am I going to make my money? How long with, do you want to make it with that deal? How long do you want to make well, it? Well, the specific deal you're talking about is Un- until the house gets built and sold, which is going to be about six eight months at most. All right, but we've got we've also got other offerings. Yeah, we're for we're, longer term. Sure, a slightly lower rate. But we can take that same money and build a second house with it because we've got more 
property to build houses on. Oh, so if, if somebody invests that that hundred, they can we'll use that same hundred. Couple of years. Okay. Because we'll build three or four houses with that same hundred grand. We'll just build one at a time. So they can make 8% for a while. Or they can decide what's kind of neat about it is they can decide if they want their money back and keep it when when the first house sells. Right. Some of our folks invest in a, you know, in a flip, and then they do it again and again. And occasionally they may just decide when it comes the next time to do a flip. They just don't want to. They've Yeah, like they get married or reason. something. They just take the money and or invest like, it in something else. Like, I mean, you know. like one of our lenders that got married or something. Oh, yeah, we did have – yeah, we had a – One of my favorite lenders of all time. <laughs> They're all your favorite. They're all my favorite. But he actually remarried. He got his, his, his wife passed, and years passed by, and they ended up meeting somebody, and he remarried. And so we called him to do another loan, and for whatever reason – I think the new wife was scared of the, just the whole process. Well, or I don't, I don't or either why. she's a big spender. Well, maybe, or she may. Uh, she may have had investments that that she, she was totally happy with, and she said, "No, no, no." She no. might be a shopaholic. Maybe, but I doubt it. Knowing him, probably not. No. So you may get married and decide not to lend the money back. Yeah, maybe she may have just been, you know, intimidated by. I don't have any idea why. You get paid back, and you think to yourself, I'm, "I just want to go to the beach and never come home again." That's and possible. Don't, and don't might, lend your money back. They might be at the beach. You know. Or I want to spend that money on vacations for a year. I want to just net, I just want to do whatever I want to do. Just want to blow it. Yeah, probably not. I doubt that with these folks. Who knows? I mean, they might they might decide that they just want to pay for their kids' college. You know, I bet I got I bet I know where it is. Where is it? I bet they put it in a CD. I bet you. I bet I'll bet you lunch today. We'll give him a call and ask him what what she got them to do with that money he originally was lending to us you're buying my lunch in other words yes i bet you it's in a cd i'm you mean the business accounts buying my lunch no, so we're I'll, no i'll buy your lunch you're gonna buy the lunch out of your cash my own pocket yeah your I, cash I cash got, i got a benjamin in my pocket yeah your money money yeah real money money not our money money <laughs> yeah okay and you're gonna call him when we leave here and ask he, him just he out did, of curiosity he didn't put it in a cd call him and ask him i know he didn't you can't go from making eight to making one and being happy. Well, I didn't say they were happy. I mean, 1% is not as good as 8. It's mighty weak. But I bet you it's in something like that. She's probably just like super-duper, ultra-duper conservative. You know, when I was, was, a, when I was at Clemson, we had a – She wasn't used to. I had a guy that lived in the, in the duplexes across the way from me, and he was just a happy-go-lucky guy. And he had certain things he did, and that's just what he did. Like, one time I got in a truck with him, and we were driving over to campus, and he was listening to this station that had terrible music. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, well, yeah, the music's not that good on this station, but this is what I listen to. That's probably stuff you listen to now. I, he, he said, I don't really like it, but every three or four songs, they play something pretty good, so this is my station. I'm like, okay. His name was Bill. Okay, cool, Bill. All right, so we go, and then next thing you know, a couple of days later, he's like, hey, you want to go get some breakfast? I said, where are we going? Let's let's go to the American Waffle. Well, I've never been there. Is it any good? Nah, it's not that good. Huddle House is a whole lot better. But um, I really like their coffee there. Their coffee's a lot better than Huddle House coffee, so I, that's where I go. So he was he was willing to eat not-so-good food for the better coffee. Yeah, and he just—he was just pleased. He was just content. He introduced me to his girlfriend, and he pulled me aside. And he goes, "You know, she's not that good looking, and she's not real bright, but I, look, I really like her hair. She's got the prettiest hair I've ever seen." So he's probably right now—I hadn't talked to him in twenty years—he's probably right now living a mediocre life, doing mediocre things, content and happy as he can be, with all his money in CDs. Killing me. He's probably got all his money in CDs, all right. his ex- yeah. and he was in, he was getting his doctorate in engineering. So you would think, well, that, that's the issue right there. That's probably what it is. Remember, we had you an engineer figured, in our, we yes. had an engineer in our office yesterday. <laughs> yes, you just figured it out. Yeah. So if you're interested in doing what we do, in other words, you're interested in investing money in real estate, like 
Tracy and I do, but you don't want to do the work. You might not want to be an engineer. <laughs> yeah, engineers are. It's harder to explain the engineers what we do because they have. It's the what's the, what do you call it? The brain. The uh, thinker brain. Yeah, thinker brain. Yeah, they have a think. They have to think too much. They have a yeah. lot of thinking to do. Yeah, if you have to think about it too much, you're probably not ever going to do it. You know, it's like you go into the house and you're trying to decide whether or not you should buy it and fix it up and sell it. And the the thinker brain gen- engineer, they get out their tablet and they start counting the receptacles. Yeah, okay. And the, and the 79 cent light switches. And they measure the rooms and they start figuring out the price per foot of the floor coverings, depending on what size. What grant grade of pad? It's going to cost eight more dollars to carpet this room than the house I can buy down the street. So I'm but not it's bouncy. This house. But it, you know what about the bouncy pad? The bouncy pad is going to cost more. I don't think this is going to work. This mathematically is not going to work because I'm an engineer thinker brain. You know, there's more engineers in the Greenville per capita than anywhere else in the world. Yes, that was the true. That was true a couple of years ago. I'm assuming it's still the case. We have a. a a massive concentration of engineers. So what we like to do is use – we're not – I'm not a really a spreadsheeter. No, you're not. I'm not a spreadsheeter. I had to get my wife to help me do a spreadsheet on something we're making an offer on because I'm not a spreadsheeter. You know you know who spreadsheeters are. Yeah, I know who they are. The people that are, like, big time in the spreadsheet. Yeah, we got a partner this one. Yeah, he can spreadsheet with the best of them. When you, when you have to get out the spreadsheet and you got all this data to figure out if the house is the best deal or not, that's not the strategy that's normally employed when I'm making an offer. Have you been practicing your English? I'm getting better at it. You are, yeah. I'm getting better because I mentioned that You've it, been reading or something, haven't I, you? I mentioned that I'm not b- that bright. That bright. And I, and I am not bilingual. And I think that I'm barely unilingual. But you use the chunkle method, don't you? I do. I'm unilingual. I mean, I can get by. I can, I can order in restaurants, and you know, I can get my burger without any mayonnaise, things like that, in English. I can, I can, I can determine where the bathroom is, things like that. But I'm not that good at English. But yeah, I use the chunkle method. Yeah. If, you know what the chunkle method yeah, is? Yeah. If the chunka coming in is bigger than the chunka going out, you're making money. Really you got to not forget some of the chunkas. Yeah, you See, can't forget, like, your property taxes. That's a chunka. Because if you've got a mortgage that doesn't have your tax bill escrowed, when the tax bill comes, guess what? Surprise! It's like Christmas. I didn't know it was coming again this year. Yeah, and then you, you're like us, and you want to pay all your taxes in this calendar year. You know, you meet with the CPA... What is CPA? Certified Public Accountant? Yes. CPA. You meet with the Certified Public Accountant, and you meet with them, you know, at the end of the year, and they go, um, it looks like you're going to owe some money. So if you can spend some money before the end of the year, that would be great. I love it when they say that. Like, you're going to owe some money because can you have some more expenses? So we're thinking, well, we have a bunch of expenses. It's called property taxes. The bill comes out in November. It's not due till January the 15th. But if we pay it in December, we've got some expenses for this year. So every year. You think that's purposeful, like the, like the tax code and the due date of the tax bills coinciding? I think they do that to ruin Christmases. <laughs> is that what it is? They want every landlord to have a runt Christmas. Runt. Because you th- stop and think about it. It's the end of the year. Tenants don't hardly pay that good in December. Yeah, December and January I mean, are pretty weak months. I mean, all, all tenants pay until they don't, well, right? Christmas, Christmas presents for the baby is more important than the roof over their head. And we're not going to evict somebody in December, probably, we're just not, because. Yeah, we're, we're just not. Not, not that heartless. So you, you get less money in, but at the same, in the same breath. Hey, if you rent from us and you're listening, don't just not pay your rent because we just said we're not going to evict you at Christmas time. Pay rent anyway. You know what we do on January, though? We, we start evictions. Yeah, and you guess what we do not do in January? What we not do? Yeah, what do we not do in January? We can't remember. We don't work with the tenants as much. You know why we don't work with the tenants as much? I'll explain it to you after the break. So why would I work with the tenant in December and not be willing to work with the tenant in January? Well, there's a purpose that we have. It's a, it's a reason 
And we're going to talk about that after the break. In the meantime, now will be a good time to text me at 864-444-7650 to get your questions answered about what we're doing. If you want to lend us money, if you want us to uh, buy a house from you, if you want us to manage your property for only 50 bucks, give me a call. Again, that number is 864-444-7650. We'll be back. Did you know that you could invest money in real estate passively right here in the upstate, even out of your retirement accounts? Hi, I'm Jason Dillard, host of Solutions in Real Estate, heard here on Saturdays, and I'm looking for investors that may want to make more money with their money. I'm not a securities broker, I'm a borrower, and we secure your money with first mortgages on real estate. If you're interested, give me a call at 864-444-7650. That's 444-7650. Do you own a house and need to sell now? Has your listing expired? Need repairs? Behind on payments? Going through a divorce? Is your house in an estate? These are common problems that can happen to anyone. Hi, I'm Jason Dillard, and I buy houses in any area, price, or condition. I am a real estate agent, but I don't want to list your house. I want to buy your house. Call now to find out how I can solve your problem at 864-444-7650. That's 444-7650. If you're behind on payments and need a little cash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need to sell fast. Call 444-7650. Call 444-7650. If you're tired of tenants, toilets, and trash, you can call Jason Dillard if you need a little cash. Welcome back. Solutions in Real Estate. I'm Jason Dillard, and if you need to sell your house quickly, you can give me a call at 864-444-7650. As a matter of fact, if you want to learn how to make money in real estate without using your cash credit or taking any risk, you can go to my website, jasondillard.com. We're going to have a $99 seminar coming up in August, and it's not going to have what you think it's going to have. It's not going to have me selling you something else once you get there. It's not going to have a boatload of people where you can't get your questions answered. It's going to actually be me teaching you how to wholesale contracts. It's only 99 bucks, no upsell, and we're only going to have 15 people in the room so that I can get all your questions answered. So if you're interested in that, go to my website, jasondillard.com. While you're there, you can um, download the free ebook that explains how Tracy and I actually buy property and decide what we're going to do with the properties that we're buying, depending on what the seller needs. So if you're interested in um, learning how we buy property, go to jasondillard.com, download the free ebook. Before the break, we were talking about how we tend to not evict people in December, but in January, we're less likely to work with them, and which is some people think, well, that's because it's Christmas. Well, it is, and we kind of don't want people to be set out at Christmas. But another reason is if you are going to have a vacant house anyway, my favorite month or so of the year to have a vacant house is February or March, Tracy. And so if you evict someone in January, the house tends to be vacant in February or March. That's when I like to have, as a matter of fact, if we could just wave a magic wand and every one of our houses become vacant in January, that would be fine with me. Now, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy because the families that are living in the houses have to move. I don't want any thing bad to happen to anybody but from a business standpoint that's going to make our business way more profitable if everybody would just move if they could just call us up and say hey it's the end of january we're moving we're leaving the house neat and clean and tidy why why tracy explain to the listing audience why that is because you get more down payments at tax time what do you mean down payments we're talking about rental houses here well they're not rental houses they're they're seller financed okay so wait a minute you if the house is empty in february then the family that's going to move in gives you more money to move in yeah we we don't get a rent deposit like we do in multifamily or like most landlords would get with their single family we get a down payment and we're giving the family an opportunity opportunity to buy so why do they have a bigger down payment in february well because it's tax time Oh, okay, tax time. Yeah, they've, they've allowed the government to, to hold their money as a savings account and not pay them any interest. And this isn't a political show, so don't get me started. 
but they're allowing the government to hold their money until February, March, April, whenever they get around to sending it back to them. Because some of them do a rapid. And now they have money to spend, and they're going to spend it on something. They're going to go buy a car. They're going to go buy a new big screen TV and go to the beach. They're going to give it to us, make a down payment on a house. They're going to, you know, the, the most people that get a refund of any size are not going to save it. I know that's a foreign concept to some people, including myself. <laughs> But you know they're not going to save it for the most part. So I'm 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 doing a little better as I get older. By okay, the way, okay. So the house that we would normally get two or three thousand down on, if it happens to go vacant in February and March, we might get four or five or six thousand down. Yes. And the bigger the down payment, the more likely the family that moves in the house is going to take care of the house. Sure. The more likely they're going to actually make their monthly payment every month. The more likely they're going to fix things that break. You know, because in our contract, it says that they have to fix stuff when the stuff breaks. But that contract is just a piece of paper. It's only as good as the ability and the integrity of the two people signing it. I mean, I can sign a contract right now that says that I'm going to buy. I'm going to jump over the moon four times a day if you want me to. Yeah, I'll sign a contract <laughs> and, say, and say I'll do it. But if and I, I might have the best intention to go ahead and jump over the moon four times. But if I don't have the ability... Then that piece of paper is just a piece of paper. Yeah, people ask all the time, talking to real estate, you know, folks, and but but they signed a contract. But in the but, lease, in the lease, they're supposed to leave it neat and clean. Yeah. Well, well, well wait a minute. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I got one word for you. What? Whatever. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Is that the word? Whatever. That's the word. Is whatever one word or two words? Whatever. It's well, it's one word to me. It's one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it used to be two. You know what that means? It's like a whole sentence. It's basically saying you can make yourself believe that that other person is going to do that, um, but just hold your breath and keep waiting. That's not how I use the word whatever. Uh, how do you use it? Well, my wife says, um, we're, um, do you, would you like to go out to eat at Outback? And I say, whatever. <laughs> That's not the answer she was looking for. No, she was I, looking for a yes or no. I'll go wherever she wants to go. Well, what if you want to go to somewhere else? Wait a minute. Rephrase the question again. What, you, can we go out to eat at Outback tonight? Yes, dear. No, you're supposed to say whatever. <laughs> no. whatever. Whatever you want, babe. No, no. That that works on the first and second date, but not after, twelve. what, 12 years of marriage you got there? Huh? Captain, you don't even remember? You better remember. She's listening. How many years of marriage? Yeah. Well, well it depends on when this is rebroadcast. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, we, well, this, this show. For this re- year. For the year we're in? For the year 2016. Um, we were we were married in 2002. Okay, so, so that's 14, 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. Man, so doing, I've been married for 14 of them. You're doing great. Yeah, Just, it, yes, feels, it feels like much, much, much <laughs> longer. longer than 14, though. Some years felt like a lot shorter, but some years felt like much longer. <clears throat> okay, we're not marriage counselors, so we want to go into that. Whatever. And if anybody's listening, it's not married. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So anyway, if you want to get involved in what we're talking about, you can text us right now at 864-444-7650. We're looking for um, money, if you have money, to invest. We're looking for owners that are tired of dealing with their their tenants, and they want us just to do it for them for 50 bucks a month. We're looking to buy property. We talked already for about a half an hour about how why people would want to sell us a house and how we try our best to take care of them and ask them a bunch of questions about how old they are and what they're going to do with the money and things like that to try to steer them in a direction that makes the most sense for our sellers. And I probably could have bought way more houses over the years just by not asking a bunch of questions like that. If you just use the force on them, you will sell me your house. That's illegal. Oh, can't use that? You can't can't use the force? You can't use the force in real estate. Oh, okay. That's only in... That's only in middle school? Yeah. On middle middle school kids? Yeah, that's only in the middle school kids like my brother. Yeah. You will wait and go to the bathroom between classes. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to use the restroom right now. You'd prefer to use the restroom. You know, and the seven-year-olds like, prefer. What's prefer mean? I don't know. Seven-year-olds? That's not a middle school. Oh, seventh graders. I thought you said seven-year-old. Yeah, seventh graders. So if you're interested in us managing your property, well, how does that work? Well, it works the same way if that we manage our own properties. 
So we're, we're property managers that manage our properties that'll also manage your properties in the same way that we manage our properties. And we'll manage it for 50 bucks a month and you'll make more money than you're making now and you'll do zero work. And it's because we only manage seller financed houses. That's pretty concise and descriptive of, of our management style. Yeah, so instead of you getting um, just a little bit a month and getting to keep not all of it, then you get more a month and you get to keep more of it. So it's the chunkle method. It's exactly the chunko method. See, the chunk of going out for your property taxes will be less if you sell or finance it. The chunk of coming in when somebody gives you a rent deposit compared to the money coming in as a down payment, well, that chunk of coming in is bigger. And then, hey. the, and then the chunk of going out to fix stuff when it breaks, well, that's smaller because they, the family are living in the house. They, they fix stuff when it breaks. So that chunk of going out is smaller. So then you add all those chunkas up, and then the chunk of going out is less than the way less than the chunk of coming in, even after that fifty bucks a month, six hundred dollars a year, you're still making a lot more money and all you're doing is receiving a deposit in your bank account every month. I hope everybody followed that because I, I kind of zoned out a little bit. What do you mean? Um, you know that if you're financing a house to somebody, or you know if you're a landlord and um, it's a reassessment year and your property taxes go up. And you get a notification from your insurance company that your insurance is going up. Um, you know that you will probably absorb that cost into your business like a sponge. Yep. If it's a rental property, I mean, granted, you got rental rental increases depending on your market. Like it's, bounty is like one bounty. option. Yeah, exactly like bounty. But if you're financing the house, if you're seller financing the house, and you, and you're you're providing a contract for deed or a bond for title, that's how we do it. And you have a fixed payment in that mortgage that cannot change. But guess what can change? The escrow for taxes and insurance. So when your costs go up, your costs to your buyer go up. Hold on a minute. So we're going to help the person not make less money when their taxes and insurance go up as well. That's correct. So if you're interested in us managing your property for only 50 bucks a month, you can give me a call at 864-444-7650. Maybe you want to sell a property. I'm a buyer. I'm looking for houses all the time. Give me a call, 864-444-7650. Or if you want to get your money making more money, go to jasondiller.com. Check out the lender tab. We're looking for people that are putting in 100 grand that's going to make 8% against houses worth 150. It's a safe place to put your money even out of your retirement account. So I enjoyed you, man. You were the best. Thanks. You are the best partner ever. It's kind of weird, but okay. Okay. And just remember, the biggest reason for failure is <laughs> lack of knowledge or ability. It's in action. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every single time.